Welcome to the Wealth Collective Podcast, where the goal is to make finance fun and accessible to everyday Australians, sharing tips and tricks on how people can improve their financial position and have a laugh along the way. The information contained on this podcast is general advice only and hasn't taken into account your personal circumstances. Before acting on any of the content you've heard, you should consult your own financial advisor to consider whether that is appropriate for you. Hello and welcome everyone to the 25th episode of the Wealth Collective podcast. It's Friday the 17th of May and I'm Pete Pennycott. I'm Zach Masters. Alright, so today we wanted to sort of take some time to talk about the topic very, very near and dear to my heart. So, you know, the, the economics of raising and educating your children. So, you know, hit home to, hits home to me. I've got sort of, um, you know, 16 month old and one during a couple of months. So, mm. um, yeah, thinking about the future for Remy, um, it's very bright, but also really expensive, it would appear. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to take the time out today to really have a, a deep dive on how you can prepare best for it so it doesn't really have a massive impact on your lifestyle. Obviously, there is gonna, always going to be some level of impact. Um, but yeah, really focusing on the big, big one of education. So it's one that we sort of get a lot of inquiries about on a regular basis. And it's a big cost. To, mm. And it doesn't matter if you're going public or private. There's a, a significant sort of cost of educating your children. So we'll, um, we'll do a bit of a, a cover on that and sort of break it down to sort of the big three. Yeah. So we'll start with number one is obviously doing your homework and researching these costs. Yeah. Um, so a 2016 study said that the, the cost of raising a child for a middle income family in Australia um, from the, to the age of 17 is 297,000. Um, so it's a fair fair chunk. And then obviously it becomes a lot more once we start to add on the private school fees. Yeah. Um, so a study's shown that the, the average um, price of taking a child to private school throughout their life is 350,000. This might be directly correlated to why people are working longer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Um, so especially like even on the Australian Good Schools website, yeah. um, which is a really good resource if you're wanting to do some research, okay. um, they had like for an average grammar school around about 27,000 yeah. uh, per year um, of study. Yeah, um, and that's not even including things like extracurricular activities. Yeah, the, the uniforms, the blazers, like you know, the camps. Yeah, and your sport. kids pick the most expensive, like the, you know, with all the equipment. Rowing or equestrian. Equestrian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, uh, please, please, Remy, do not take up equestrian. Thank you very much. Um, so there's obviously like a lot of costs involved. So it's important to do your research there yeah. um, and start to get a good idea of how much you know, it's going to cost you. Yeah. And then we can start to obviously plan for those costs. So which is number two of going into how do we plan and how do we invest um, to cover these costs? Yeah. And from an investment perspective, what we're looking at is once we know the number, so once we have that target in mind of going, okay, if it's 300,000, if it's 400,000 that we need to set aside, it's much easier to break that down and sort of set in place a regular savings plan early. Um, so the key is really get started as soon as you possibly can. Uh, and yeah, you know, once you be really clear on the number, so there's no point sort of being fluffy with it and not being really certain about how much it actually is. Um, and then it's really going back to how much risk do you want to take? What's the time frame? So if you've just got a newborn, you've got sort of 12, month, 12 years up your sleeve before mm. we're sort of talking about you know high school. So, but if you've left it a bit late, you know you've only got five years. It might you might want to approach the the type of investment a little bit differently because you've got to take into account capital volatility. So. The three main um, investment options are really defensive, fixed income and cash. So things like cash bank account, high interest savings accounts, uh, or turn deposits. So they're pretty common, low risk, low return. Um, the next one would be having a look at things like 
listed securities, so shares, exchange traded funds, and things you can buy through your online share trading accounts. So um, the benefits of those are you've got the ability to sort of diversify um, and get exposure to growth businesses. So um, all going well, those things will compound a lot um, at a lot rate, better rate of return, mm. and they're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So instead of you having to save every single dollar out of what you need to set aside, um, yeah, let the markets do it for you. So make money while you sleep. Like we're all about that. Um, so if you invest wisely, diversify, and that's where potentially, depending on how much you're starting with, there's there's so many different investment solutions out there. So just do the research and make sure you find the one that's right for you. Yeah, and there's different structures that it can be held in as yeah. well. So yeah, and make the decision. Do you own it personally? If you've, you know, if it's you and your spouse, who's got a lower marginal tax rate? That you know, there may be benefits because you're actually not paying as much on the, you know, the capital gains tax bill or the income tax bill from dividends over mm. the years as well. So make sure you get the structure right. Um, and you can also own it in trust for children as well. So there's pros and cons of each of those. So we won't sort of do uh, do a deep dive on that today. Mm. But definitely sort of do your homework, get it right, and plan ahead. Don't pick what's best for year one. But keep in mind, this is a long-term strategy. So what's going to be best for years five through to sort of 12 and beyond? So Yeah, and um, it's important to know too that it doesn't have to be used for just education costs, yeah, a lot of those investments. Point. So it's different to something like an Australian scholarships group where that kind of has some restrictions on what it can be used for. Yeah. Um, if you start an investment like the ones you've been talking about, they can be used for anything ranging from education to first home, first car, yep. um, all different things like that. Yeah, and especially, like, not every child is academ- academically minded, so it might be that they sort of you know, go out and do an apprenticeship or they're sort of an athlete. So I think that flexibility is really important because ultimately we just want to support them in whatever they're most passionate about, um, not necessarily sort of going, oh, you have to go to spend this money on a private school education. So yeah. um, that's a good point. And then the third one was investment yeah. bonds. So. Um, investment bonds, the, the benefit there is you have similar sort of, you know, you can get diversification. It's largely through managed investments. So it's nice and simple and easy. Um, the big wins are the tax rates capped internally. So you don't have to sort of lodge it and add extra detail on your tax return. And also, you know, if you hold it over 10 years, then you get all the, the, the proceeds, capital gains tax free. Which can be a um, decent a decent amount after a yeah, ten year investment. Yeah. Um, so they're nice and simple. They're easy to sort of manage. It aligns well if you're starting with a sort of a newborn or you know just about to have a child. So that ten year time period sort of works quite well. Um, yeah. So that I'd just definitely be keeping an eye on that. And then I guess lastly is the yeah. So step three um, that we need to look at is obviously planning for the unexpected. So something that a lot of people probably don't want to think about, um, but it becomes important that now that you've got the added responsibility of a child that you you um, review these things. Yeah, and I think like the key things here are like estate planning includes things like updating your will, uh, and your will will look a hell of a lot more different than when you're just sort of two adults or sort of an individual. Um, you know, once you've got dependents in the mix, you need to think about things like guardianship. Mm. So who is going to be you know, entrusted with that responsibility of looking after your child if the unfortunate thing of your premature death happens? Um, not fun thing to think about, but um, you know. Get, a, get your glass of wine and sort of process, process that one. And make sure you let the person know as well because it's not so, not, a, no, it's not, not something you want thrust upon you. Um, so that's pretty important. Power of attorney, so if you do lose capacity, um, very important to take into account because, again, that's someone else stepping in the shoes and you want to make sure your wishes are known. Um, so it's a bit of hygiene and make sure it happens. Yeah. And I guess ultimately the other part of it is... Do we have a plan B in place if you sort of to fund this? So insurance is a really good way of doing that mm. to make sure there's a cash injection into the family budget 
So you know, after we lose one spouse or lose the income of one spouse from a disability or insurable event, we're not put in financial distress. So we're not having to sort of force the family to move home or downsize or you know the remaining spouse to sort of work you know overtime and sort of not be present. So um, really important to get your life insurance, your total and permanent disablement and critical illness cover in place from a lump sum perspective and review them. So even if you had the most perfect insurance policy beforehand, it's not going to be right after you've had a child. Yeah, your needs have changed. So doing an updated needs analysis, especially as we talked about at the start, um, going if you want private school um, to be a factor for for you and your children, then then that's factored in in your insurances as well. Yeah, and it's a similar approach to how we sort of construct the investment portfolio going, how much do we need? That end capital goal that you've got is is the same. So Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that what we're trying to do is go, if the worst case happens and we lose you because of disablement or death, the financial ramifications are not as impactful. So you you can still have those goals that you set for your children of that education and it's all funded. Um, Yeah, and we can't replace you from an emotional standpoint, but the financial stuff we can um, cover quite well. Uh, And then income protection probably doesn't change that much. Mm -hmm. Although if you don't have it and you're a parent, that's pretty insane. Um, So I'd sort of be making sure (laughs) if you can possibly get the cover, get it in place because... Your cash flow is the thing that's the engine that funds all of your family budget. So if you don't have that in place and we lose your cash flow due to injury, illness or something like that, um, yeah, that's sort of pretty significant ramifications. And you've got people depending on you, so it's not just um, not just yourself anymore. So um, they're the key ones. And um, I think the only other thing that I'd cover off on in the death perspective is have a think about, you know, do you need to include a testamentary trust to if, if you know, making sure your assets follow in the the family bloodline um Mm -hmm. so that's a sort of a a one that a lot of people think about um as well so yeah there's a fair bit to digest there definitely and they're just the three main ones there's a hell of a lot of other ramifications like you know private health insurance and ambulance cover and all these beautiful things things. (laughs) childcare rebates so um enjoy it that's a one of the best things ever um but yeah there are a lot of financial implications that need to be taken into account so as always, if you've got any questions, feel free to sort of direct message us or get in t- contact via email. Um, yeah, and look forward to sort of um, yeah, helping you sort of get these plans in place. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth Collective podcast. You can get in touch with us and send any questions to connect at picarda.com.au or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you have enjoyed this, then please subscribe and five-star us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Until next time, live well and be prosperous.